0: in order to be successful in our environment you, you have to be dedicated to it and you, yeah. have, you know you, you have to be switched on and you have to want to be there and, it, and it's not for everybody you know the, there are kids that come and you know we're, where we are we're in the middle of the desert you know we're, we're surrounded we always joke we're surrounded by about five miles of, of desert um, so for the boys they have you know it's it's almost like a big playground for them mm-hmm. but for some of the boys if they come maybe it's when they're not quite mature enough you know or they go through a little bit of adversity sometimes they you know maybe steering away from that and they want to go back to the home comforts you know what what we find in the reward aspect is when you see someone get through that and then go on and be successful it's it's you know, really rewarding for us as a staff because you can see the development from them going into being a you know, 14 15 year old into a 17 18 year old man and, and how do they then transition and you know we often find when they do then go off into the college world they have a bit of a head start
1: Welcome back everybody. We're here at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. This is episode 43 and we have Jed Quinn on the show for this episode. He is the Academy Director at Barca Academy in Arizona. So Jed, why don't you just kind of tell us about your background and, um, you know, how you've gotten to where you are now.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, first off, thanks for having me on, fellas. It's uh, just great Yeah, thanks to, for being great, here. No, yeah. Great great to meet you guys. A um, little bit of, of my story. I uh, Originally from the northeastern of England, uh, came over to America in 2005. I uh, played at a small Division II school in, in North Carolina uh, called Lenore Ryan University, so I played there for a couple of years. Um, original plan was to, to do my master's, go back home, fell in love with it out here. Um, after, after I'd finished playing at North Carolina, I went up to actually this area. I was in Reading, Pennsylvania. For about seven years, um, worked with a small club out there as well as playing and, and coaching in USL2. Um, transitioned into a probably more well known club, FC Delco, in the Philadelphia area. Uh, worked with them for a couple of years. Um, and then Sean McCafferty, who was the academy director at FC Delco, took over as the academy director in Arizona with what was, you know, Real Salt Lake were moving out of the facility where our current academy is and they were starting the connection with Barcelona. Um, So, Sean brought me down initially as a coach back in 2017. Um, You know, worked with the U15s and the U17s the first two years, and then Sean actually moved back to the Northeast, uh, became the academy director at New York Red Bulls. Uh, and at that point, I was elevated into the Academy Director in, in Arizona. So, being there now three and a half years as the director, uh, five and a half years altogether. So, it's been, uh, it's been a fun ride so far.
1: And how long has Barca Academy in Arizona been established?
0: So, it started in 2017. So, okay. the, um, it was originally where Real Salt Lake, the facility was where Real Salt Lake had their academy, residency, very similar model. Um, they then built their own residency program in Utah. So when they were moving out, you know, the ownership group of the, the facility were looking to find someone to come in and replace it, um, formed the affiliation with Barcelona, um, and obviously then we built the staff from scratch. So when I went down, there was just myself, Sean, and one of the coach starting the project, as well as Miha Klein, who's our director of recruitment, and we were building teams from scratch, you know, mm. that first year. Um, and we've now grown the staff, you know, we now have a full staff of around 32, 33 full-time you know that goes from coaches to residential advisors to athletic trainers. You know there's a, there's a big support staff in place that helps us. You know make it work.
1: That's great.
0: There are several Barca
1: academies around the country, yeah. but you're the only one that's like officially affiliated with La Masia, right? So,
0: so they're all they're all officially affiliated. Um, we're the only residential one. So oh, so, okay. so we're the only. So essentially, what we do is, is we we try and use those academies. Um, to filter the best players from the different regions into our residency program. So, so we actually next week have a camp going on that's specific for those different Barca academies. So they come to us. And we look to try and maybe select the best ones. So you're ones. like
1: the hub of America, c- basically. Correct, yeah. yeah. We, we
0: try and basically be that top of the pyramid for those Barca Academies within the U.S. Gotcha. Um, and then kind of set
2: up how like, the residency was for the U.S., similar to that. C- yeah, yeah. Similar to that, okay. yeah.
0: And, and we have, you know, all told, we have eight teams within the academy. So we have four teams that play in the MLS Next. Um, and then we have four teams that play in what we call an Elite Academy League. Um, but they're all, you know, they're all doing the same thing. You know, they're all working through the same model. So we're looking to try and always build those rosters and, and essentially bring in the best talent that we can to, you know, to represent the club. So,
1: so what is your actual relationship with La Masia? How does that work?
0: Yeah, so good question. So we we actually have two full time um, technical directors, for lack of a better word, um, who are employed by Barcelona, who are with us. You know, so oh, okay. they they don't coach any teams. Their job is essentially to. Uh, you know, make sure that the coaches are you know, following the methodology, making sure that we have the, the structure in place, making sure that they're available for coaches to meet with on a daily basis. You know? So coaches can you know, go through their session plans, get feedback, get review. They'll be out watching all of the games. Um, and then obviously they're in almost daily communication with the staff actually in Barcelona. Um, so we, we use a lot of the same structures, the same you know, planning schedules. We, we, we try and mirror as much as we can what they're doing in La Masia in our you know in our facility as well so,
1: so obviously that comes down to the training but like does like a typical day look like at your academy like does it does that look very similar to how they
0: move it, around as, as much as we can make it the same the, the, there are some variations just based on the schooling schedule so so the boys start school at uh, around 8 a.m in the morning that's the slight difference with La they'll actually train in the morning oh, okay. and then go to school afterwards but um so our guys are in a brick and mortar school we actually have a, a connection with ASU high school ASU prep high school
1: and is that on the campus it's actually
0: at the facility yeah so the guys basically warm walk from the dorm room to the school and this, awesome. the, the school is connected to the same building where we have our strength and conditioning room our locker rooms um you know our offices are all in that same building so so I meet once a week with the school just to make sure that the boys are doing what they need to yeah. there because the, the main pathway for our guys, as much as we have guys going on to sign pro, majority college. are still going to college, yeah. You college. Know? So, so it's a big deal to make sure for all of them that they're getting that high school education at a bare minimum to set them up, hopefully for the, you know, if they're good enough to go pro, brilliant. Um, but majority are still going to go that college pathway. So right. the, the, the brick-and-mortar school is there on site. There's a full um, staff that's a, it's sort of independent high school staff um, the school is open to outside students as well, so it's it's got about 200 students, but about 130 of them are our guys. What
1: would be the benefit? For those students that go to school there that aren't a part of the academy,
0: so it, it's it's more so convenient for them. It is a, a prep school, so it's a college prep school, so they can do college classes and things. Like that gotcha. some of the some of them that are in the local Casagrande area just think it's a good school to go to, um, so they'll come. And it is at the point where we're almost filling it out so much that we're probably going to need to expand the school. So it is it,
1: a strong academic
0: ap- absolutely, school. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it is. It's got it's got a good reputation Ooh. and it, it sets the boys up. So to, probably to go back to your original question, what is the day like? They go to school from you know eight o'clock. Till around 3 o'clock. Um, you know, they have a lunch break in between where they just go over to the to the dining hall. As soon as they come out of um, school at 3 o'clock, the older teams, our U17s, U19 teams, they'll go and get changed almost straight away. They have a quick snack, but then they'll go and get changed and they'll do a session with our strength and conditioning guy. Uh, and then they'll be out on the field from around 4.30, they'll start activation. And then we'll go 4.45 till 6.15. So they'll do about 90 minutes uh, in the evening. Um, and then we have the second time slot comes in after that. So the second time slot so at So each 30 group is
1: always going to have two sessions a day.
0: So for three days a week, they'll do strength and conditioning. Uh-huh. And then four days a week, they'll do the field session. So we train at the minute. We go Mondays. Tuesdays nights is always an off night. So that's where we'll use it to... Know, essentially do what teenagers do. They might go do a mall trip, they might go uh-huh. uh you know, to the cinema, they might go and get haircuts. They, they have, you know, all of those things which you sometimes forget about with having one hundred and twenty teenage boys right. living at the facility. Um it, it's so Tuesdays is the off night where they can get caught up on homework, do all of those things and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday we train and then weekends is games. So if if we have away games, a lot of the time we're travelling to California. So the school is actually only Monday through Thursday. We, we The school adjusted the schedule to have slightly longer days, mm. four days a week, which allows us then on a Friday, if we have games in California on the Saturday, it allows us to leave Friday morning. So we'll train in the morning, shower on the bus.
1: That's a good deal. Because, yeah, I was thinking when you said eight to three, it seemed like that was a bit long. Yeah considering that it's you know it's a residency you'd think they might train during the day and stuff like that too but to your point them only getting four days of it you know you have the whole extra day to do what you got to do on the weekend yeah they they have
0: the fridays off from school you know so if we have a home game They'll still have off on the Friday, and that's when we'll do more stuff during the day with them. We'll have our athletic trainers might come in and do a yoga session, you know. They might do some extra S and C, or they might be doing some, you know, small group training. You know, would you prefer it
1: own. like that, or do you think maybe like a a, um, a shorter day but going five days would be better?
0: Selfishly, for for me, if I could, you know, if we could just manipulate the whole schedule, we would yeah. say the train in the mornings and then they go to school afterwards. You know, we're a little bit at the mercy of the of the school schedule, um, and then maybe they do shorter days at school and and you know, they have less of that flexibility around right. that. I think it
2: would just be better to train in the morning anyway because I can remember well, that age just having just a bad day at school yeah. and you yeah. just got to go to practice and it's like, oh. Because the reason I ask is there's a, a,
1: a residency in Dallas called Allegiance Academy. Uh, their director, Pedro, I've known for a little while. He I, was the coach for our semi-pro team one year okay. when we when we had our teams in Footy Factory and everything. Um but now he coaches with me at DKC. Yep. So he's the U15 coach and – sorry, U16, U14, U13. So all of his boys go to school there, yep. and they'll train first thing in the morning from like 7 to 9, 7.30 to 9. They'll go shower. They'll go to class. They'll get their lunch. They have a chef there. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll do everything that they got to do academically. And then as soon as uh, school ends, they'll get their second session right away. So they'll they'll actually get their team session, um, you know, around 4 o'clock, whereas, like, my team trains at 730 at night, you know. So it's like that's one way of doing it, too. You guys do it a little bit different. But how many other, like, residencies – full proper like residencies are there in the u.s do you know yeah, so
0: there's, there's a few i know obviously the, the there may be more but i know the ones that that, that i know of there's, there's img academy obviously that has multiple sports right. um you know the Shack st mary's up in uh, in minnesota i think is where they're based uh, i think i believe they have multiple sports as well but they have a good soccer program there as well and then obviously i know on the mls side real salt lake have a full residency program um you know they when they moved out of our facility they built a new one in Utah, I know a lot of the MLS clubs do more of like the homestay, you know, where they, they'll utilize families to help, as opposed to a full residency. Um, and I think the Union do a, probably a little bit more of the, the Philadelphia Union do a really good job at, of, um, you know, having the guys do some stuff in the morning with the YSC school and then team training in the evening. Um, you know, one of the reasons we get away from what maybe is the morning stuff because we get asked that question a lot from parents is we well, you know they're going to do morning sessions, are they going to, you know, double up? We've got the residency, and you know, with the with the Barca guys coming in, they're very much more. Almost quantity over, uh, sorry, quality over quantity. It's you know, like that, a
1: slow process. Yeah, they, they want yeah. to manage
0: the workload, and they want yeah. it to be when when you're on, you're, you're working and you're hard, and, mm. and we don't want to overload you so that you are doing a morning session, and then you come to the team session in the evening, and you know your energy's not there, right. and quality's not there. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and then the other challenge we face a little bit with sometimes you know my ideal scenario saying we would train in the mornings is we we aren't all hundred percent residency. We do have some kids that commute in from the Tucson area, from the Phoenix area, so they go to independent schools. So sometimes we're working a little bit with them. You know, if we could in an ideal model get everybody full residency, then we would probably be able to work with the school a little bit more Hmm. and and, and manipulate the schedule a little bit more.
1: Yeah, it's only a kick, a jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
2: Adidas. Uh, So then I guess, let's kind of go back on that. At the residence itself, are like chaperones that are kind of looking after the kids, or is that all the coaches that are doing that?
0: So, no, we, we do have a, a resident life staff um, okay. who, who are tremendous. So we have, um, ironically, my wife is actually the director of resident life, so she's basically the team mom for 100, nice. 130 kids. 130. Um, you know, so she has then a full staff under her that live on the campus, so they're, you know, doing room checks in the evenings there, you know, again, chaperoning the boys on mall trips, you know, taking them for haircuts, taking them to doctor's appointments. You know, all of the parenting stuff that yeah. we, we need to do because the, the parents aren't there. You know? Yeah. They're, they're, in, they're in our care, so.
1: Are they allowed to come and visit and, pa- like... Parents are, yeah. We yeah. do.
0: We have a hotel that's on, on campus, so if, if there's room in the hotel, and actually some of our boys live in the hotel room, so we have dorm rooms and yeah. an eight-story hotel. Um, we take up four floors of the the tower building um, and then parents are able to come and stay there if the hotel's sold out if we have a camp going on there's a couple of other hotels in Casa Grande, but they, they can come and visit as much or as little as they want
1: nice so, and what about like friends are they allowed to invite friends to come see them or
0: they, they can they're not allowed to have friends in the room or overnight because obviously gotcha. they have the roommates and, yeah. and you know we try and have the rooms be a little bit off you know off um, off grounds for anybody yeah, that's yeah. coming to visit and just have it be the the boys room yeah um, and we try and have parents do the same you know but there is a restaurant and, and bar on site that they can you know if the families want to go and take a child to have some dinner they can do that if they want to sign them out you know they can take them off campus as well so
1: that's awesome it must be so rewarding to work in like such a like all soccer high performance environment like that's where I I want to be and it's something that I'm trying to implement with the group that I have but there's so many limitations mm-hmm that it's 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 really just like we're we're doing more than most Mm -hmm. but still not enough to catch up to Mm -hmm. organizations like yourself and and other professional players at their age around the world you know so it's like at that age you 17 they're going pro like Mm -hmm. players around the world are going pro and Mm -hmm. you know they're just not even close to that level so it's like we got to do so much more Mm -hmm. and You know, there's only so much we can do if kids are going to school. Some of them went off and are playing high school soccer. And it's like, that's just a distraction. You know, they're not really like fully invested into it Mm -hmm. the way that players like probably what I would imagine players at at the Barca Academy are.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, go back to your original question of it. You know, how rewarding is it? For me, it's been the most rewarding place I've been able to work. You know, when when I first moved down in 2017, the first 80 months, me and my wife, were fully immersed as well we lived on site you know you were in amongst the boys you were helping them you know sometimes someone's homesick yet you know you're having those deals but even on the you know the high performance side of the you know the the players that we're working with you know in order to be successful in our environment you you have to be dedicated to it and you have you know you you have to be switched on and you have to want to be there and and it's not for everybody you know there are kids that come and you know we're where we are we're in the middle of the desert you know we're we're surrounded we always joke we're surrounded by about five miles of of desert um, so for the boys, they have to, you know, it's it's almost like a big playground for them. Mm-hmm. But for some of the boys, if they come, maybe it's when they're not quite mature enough, you know, or they go through a little bit of adversity. Sometimes they're, you know, maybe steering away from that, and they want to go back to the home comforts, you know. What but what we find in the reward aspect is when you see someone get through that and then go on and be successful, it's it's you know it's really rewarding for us as a staff because you can see the development from them going into being a you know, 14-, 15-year-old into a 17-, 18-year-old man, and, and how do they then transition? And, you know, we often find when they do then go off into the college world, they have a bit of a head start. Oh, they're, yeah. Home, yeah. they're already by yeah. themselves. They, yeah, like. They've already had to do their own laundry. They've already had to, mm-hmm. you know, set their alarm clock in the morning <laughs> and, and make sure they're not late for school. Sometimes you yeah, have yeah. to chase them up on that. But, yeah. you know, a lot of the times it, it gives them that extra maturity factor that just helps set them up for the real world. Yeah, that's you what know? it's all about, man. That's yeah. what yeah.
1: it's all about. So, like, do you have players that you've noticed where – their mindset is not there where they don't cl- have clear aspirations to go pro mm-hmm.
0: we, we we do i think what we're, what we're probably seeing more now is is almost the opposite everybody wants to go pro yeah you know and i think again well like i mentioned before if someone's coming into our environment majority of them have that drive you yeah. know they have that this is where you know i want to be pro even if they're not you know quite good enough to make a pro we we'll always advise and, and get them you know, again like i said majority of the guys are going to go the college pathway we actually face probably more of the challenge of the guys you know, wanting to say, I'm, I'm not looking at college, and we say, you need uh, to be looking at college. Yeah, you know? at least we, kind of prepare for that just in case. Yeah, we, we, we try and be as transparent and as honest with the guys as we can um, you know, to give them realistic goals that they can achieve. And if you achieve it, and then yeah, what's the next one? What's the next one? But uh, I'll give you an example probably of a, a kid that maybe he knew he was good, but he didn't realize how good. We, we had a player that was with us for three years, a guy called Lukas Swinski, started with us on one of our secondary teams. And you know, super smart guy. If he if he never if he didn't make it in soccer, he would be a, a CEO in a business. Just just real smart kid, good academically, really driven. But probably didn't realize how good he was. Um, started on our second team. By the next year, moved up to our U17s, and then senior year was on our U19 MLS team. And he was on a team of top players. You know, some some good players that maybe you know on the on the surface outshone him a little bit. Um, but they moved on into the pro game. You know, mid season. So it came to the point where he, all of a sudden, rose to the top. And became such an influential player for the team, and I was having meetings with him, and he asked me a question: do, "Do you think I'm good enough to, you know, to go in the pro game?" I said, "Yeah, absolutely, you are." I said, "But you know, you need to make sure if you're going to make that decision that it makes sense for you because you, you're an academic kid. You know, you've got to make sure that you know there's a lot of options in the pro game now that ten years ago probably weren't there. And are you willing to sacrifice a big scholarship to, you know, take yeah. that risk and go? on? I think more of the kids are willing to do that. But you know, long story short, Lukas Swinski ended up um, signing with FC Tulsa." after our summer playoffs Uh, and then in his I think his first start in October scored a hat trick for them you know in USL championship and and is now going into his second season and three years ago was on our secondary team you know under the radar you know but um, you know those are the types of kids that sometimes you have to big them up a little bit and say yeah absolutely
1: so um, him it was more of a confidence issue not necessarily a desire like he wanted to go co- pro correct yeah, yeah. it was more,
0: more of a am I good enough yeah. question you know am, am I good enough and, and a flips you know another example of probably the different mentality would be a Diego Luna who who was with us for three and a half years who signed from us with El Paso in the USL championship and then just recently this past year signed with Real Salt Lake you know he was a kid that came in special player, special talent um you know, But would be overlooked a little bit because if you, he didn't pass the eye test, he was, you know, this little, you know, heavy set guy. Yeah, actually, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he's yeah, an, yeah and yeah. He's, you know, he's with the U20 national team right now. But, you know, we, he was with us for three and a half years and just a special talent, you know, in my opinion, but to the point where when we're coaching him, you know, I'd be working oh, with I know who you're talking coaching. about. He is
2: unreal. He, he's he's he is exciting. He's unreal. <laughs> yeah, he's an he's yeah,
0: yeah, ex. Yeah. I, I used to, when he was in yeah, training no, with yeah. us, I'd say, look, I'd pay him money. Is he the um, one with all the tattoos? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. He's, what you're so talking he's, about. he's only 19 years old. Yeah, just he's, with he's a stud Salt Lake. Man. And yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think this year in the MLS will be his first full season mm-hmm. in the MLS. I can and, see that. Yeah. And I, I see him, you know, predicting him to have a good year. You know, if if Real Salt Lake use him, I think he'll I think he'll impress a lot of people. Um, his mentality was, you know, he came to us and he was like, he never want, you know, he had never never had any ideas. I'm going to go to college. With. It was like, no, I'm going pro. I'm, I'm I'm I know I'm good enough, and that's the pathway I'm on. Yeah that's great because we can just help facilitate that we we know and and it's ultimately up to us to just try and create those opportunities for the guys and and put them on a platform where they can be successful
1: yeah i think it's your environment that that basically like creates that energy for them already like they're not going to enter your environment unless they already have that goal of going to the highest level yeah yeah you know and i think that's that's an area that i struggle with right now because obviously i'm trying to create that environment mm -hmm. but we don't have a campus, you know, Mm -hmm. we don't have a residency. So it's like half of my players, I don't even think that they know what they want, you Mm -hmm. know, whether they want to go to college, whether they want to go pro. And it's like, I, I'm struggling to figure out how to motivate them to want to, or Mm -hmm. if it's like, if they don't want it. They don't want it, and I just let it be that kind of thing. Yeah, you know,
0: it's it, it's tough because I think we've all been in those environments where you're trying to, you know, almost internally motivate a kid yeah. to bring the best out of them. What what we've seen is because majority of the boys that come into our environment are so driven. If you don't at least try and match that, you get eaten alive almost. You know, you just don't survive yeah. in in that environment because your teammates don't allow you to. Right, you know, if, if and you're... that's
1: what it comes down to yeah. is the yeah. players that I have that are like all in. They've got to hold the other ones accountable. Yeah,
0: it's it's internal, and it comes. I think comes down to the culture of the the club. Yeah, and that trickles down. Hopefully, then into the culture of the coaches and the teams and the players. Um, and that then intrinsically, you know, just works its magic and 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 has everybody pulling together. And then financial wise, does Barca cover it? It, or is it, it, it kind of like there's
2: scholarships and then some do and some it, don't? It's,
0: it's almost the best I can probably compare it to would be like a, scholar, a college scholarship process. So we, we do have scholarships available um, and families will, you know, it's basically from zero to 100 percent, you know, from anywhere. But we do have guys that are, you know, zero and then you have guys anywhere in between. So it's based on a lot of factors, you know, what, you know first off, how good the player is, where do we see them on the depth chart? Yeah. You know, how good are they academically? What's the financial situation of the family? There's a lot of factors that go into it. We always want to try and make it work. Um, you know, within reason, you know, obviously there are a lot of expenses that that come in. So there's a lot of those scholarships that help those players to, you know, to come in and be successful.
1: So what would you say is the biggest difference, like, in terms of the developmental opportunity that your players have versus the average MLS next player, ECNL player?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. And I mean, I, I think I'll preface that answer with there's a lot of clubs that do, in my opinion, a really good job. You know, when I say the term "regular clubs," just by the the fact that not residency, you know, where maybe the contact hours are less. Um, I think one of one of our advantages is is first off the methodology side. Um, You know, working with the the Barca methodology sort of opened my eyes a little bit. You know, when I first came in 2017. I look back and I go, what was I doing before this? You know, what, what you yeah. know, I was, I was not that I was doing it all wrong, but I just look and go, like, you know, I wish I could have those years back. It you was know? eye opening. It was it was a yeah. real eye opener. When when I first came in, there was a guy called Dennis Silva that was the first technical director from Barcelona, and he was only there for three and a half months before he got called back to, to take actually the under 18s at La Masia. But he, I learned so much of him in the first three months that it was just as a coach. I'm like, this is this is. Like the golden book of you know learning the game and, and now all I want to do is pass this on mm. to the player so I think that the, the methodology and the style of play is, is an advantage I also know there's a lot more there's more than one way to play the game and that's sure. you know other clubs have different philosophies and it's sometimes great to see how they match up mm. um, but for me one of our big advantages is the you know the, the style of play the mes- methodology I think another big advantage we have is our staff. We, we have a tremendous staff from not just the coaches but the athletic trainers, the resident life staff, uh, our scouting department, our recruiting department, You know, trying to leave no stone unturned and you know, finding the next best player. Um, the culture that we have that we try and create I think is always a positive one and I think the res- this is where probably the biggest differential would be the residency aspect allows you so much more contact hours yeah. and so much more time to, to not only get to know the boys as, as soccer players but you know, get to know them as a person, get to know them as a student, get to know them as a, you know, get to know the family a little bit. You know, we have a lot of interactions with the parents and the players, which I know you can create in a regular club. Yeah. But we find that because the boys are living together, going to school together, training together, you know, hanging out together, they become really, it's a brotherhood that we see at the academy. And, and when we when we go into games, that little edge, it might just be a small edge, but that social effective, you know, advantage of the boys' Just being in it together, yeah. you know, and and you know living and, and dying together on the field, I think is a is a real big advantage that just comes by us more. Of the residency program, um, and is is one of the big pluses for for me, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, you you can't beat that, and I I think that shows very much so in the DKSC players that go to Allegiance Academy Mm -hmm. as well. You know, they're around each other all the time, you know, so it's definitely a big advantage to them as a team. Mm Do you think it's ever difficult to like manage? motivation levels for them like going back to like kind of what we were talking about before
0: yeah it it, it sometimes is i think sometimes we find that with the with the residency piece as well there can sometimes be that other dynamic to you know we might pick up on certain cues of this kid was off in training tonight what's going on you know and 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 you can and it may be that there's you know what we found in the past is I, i i often joke about this our athletic trainers tend to be the ones that they know everything in, in the academy they have the finger on the pulse mm-hmm. so i'll say you know for example a you know, little johnny was, was 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 a little bit off tonight and said well you know just heads up he's, he's just broken up with his girlfriend back home you know uh, that yeah, so you yeah. can sometimes get that little insight into maybe what's going on personally that's that's maybe impacting the performance and then you know a couple of days later they're, they're back in it and back at it but yeah. we, with the motivation piece you know we we do have our structure i'll give you probably a little bit more background on how our teams are structured we have we only started under 15. Uh, because of the residency aspect, we just think any younger is, is any too younger young, would be tough. Too, yeah. too young, too young to get them away. We we tried it one year with under 14s and it was successful in the fact that the teams were good, but the the players maybe just weren't ready. You know there were some discipline issues and, and maturity issues mm-hmm. and homesickness, and mm-hmm. so we, we we started under 15. Um, so we have four teams: U15, U16, U17, and U19 that play in the MLS Next League, mm-hmm. and then we have the same again that underneath that play in the Elite Academy League. Um, the only difference in what they do is the the, the level that they play. Right. You know, the, the, the through the week they're doing the same amount of training, the same amount of S and C. They go to school the same hours. It's exactly the same. They all have their own full time coach. Um, you know, every team has its own individual coach. Um, the motivation piece sometimes comes from maybe the secondary teams if they aren't getting. You know, they all want to. Then it's like anything. They all want to be on the next rung mm-hmm. up the ladder. You know, so they they always you know well why am I not getting to train with the MLS team? Why am I not getting to play with the MLS next team? And and you know sometimes that can be the challenge of still keeping them motivated if they aren't getting the the things that they want. You know, yeah. but at the same time we want to make sure that if they get something it's because it's earned and it's given. It's based on merit. Um, you know, I think in today's generation we, we have this you know almost culture and I'm guilty of it as well. You know, every you. you you want something you get it straight away you know you, you watch a netflix show you can you know just roll out the episodes back to back to back to back yeah. you know and uh you know i think that sometimes the boys can just need to be a little bit patient you know and and, and ultimately everyone what we always try and encourage the boys with everyone's on a different path yeah there's, there's more than one way to get here and, and it's and, so
1: hard for them to see that, you know, like at that age, you only see what's in front of you. It's very hard to see what's beyond that, yeah. you know, five years down the line. So, yeah,
0: yeah it's, it's tough. And, and they're all comparing themselves to each other. Yeah. You know? and, and that's where we sometimes have guys that have it, it is. It's natural. Everybody does it. And, and, you know, sometimes it's just having those conversations to keep the boys grounded, keep them humble and, and make sure that they're doing what they need to do. And ultimately, you know, if they do the right things and they get a little bit of luck along the way and we can put them in the right environments, you know, whether it's going on to college, whether it's going on to pro, whether it's signing a, you know, a European contract, you know, so be it. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we we still would love to send somebody to Barcelona. what you know, I go back to probably one of your questions from earlier. You know, part of the affiliation is you know we do send guys over to you know to La Masia to train. So I was actually just there in November with two of our guys. Oh, So we, good. we took two guys over. Were they older ones or were they? So they were a little bit. Old. One of them was out, was an under sixteen player, um, and then another one was one of our under nineteen, so a little bit older. Um, he's actually just. Domestically signed a contract with Orange County in the USL Championship. So he signed his first pro deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's great for those boys to go over and see the level, you know, and see the difference. And, you know, I think personally we're getting closer. You know, but, but there's
1: well, I, I watched the YouTube videos that you have on your website just about the experience, yep. and I think one of them, I think it was maybe one of the actual Barcelona coaches there that that mentioned like they they fit into the session. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they uh, don't belong mm-hmm. in the session. Yeah,
0: it, it, it was great. I mean, I think one of the videos you, you saw year one when we had the trip uh, over there. You know, we had. Uh, Julian Araujo was was one of the guys. He's now with LA Galaxy's top level. Player. Oh, he's the fullback, right? Yeah, yeah I'd say that yeah, back, he's, yeah he's v- high, very high level player. He was one that year one. We were just like, you know, he was with us one year, and he's a 16 year old signed signed with it. But he he went over and was fantastic out there. You know, fit right in. Could have, you know, if he was, you know, the, we obviously face some of the the FIFA restrictions if if they're not 18 you know, or then they don't have the European passport we have to wait until they turn 18. You know, mm-hmm. the other ones would be Brooklyn Rains, who's now with Houston Dynamo. He had multiple trips over there. And, you know, the idea was we would have liked to have got him over a little bit more and then COVID kicked in, you know, yeah. and, and it's difficult then to really, you know, the, the their borders were a little bit more locked and, and it was difficult. So Brooklyn at that point is developing, developing with us. And, you know, at some point they outgrow, what we can offer sure. and, and you know Brooklyn signed I think with Houston Dynamo when he was 16 you know first yeah. team contract a so homegrown contract so yeah. um, you know you have those types of players that Caden Clark was another one on that trip so he, you know who's obviously mm-hmm. went went to New York Red Bull and then Leipzig and yeah. you know is, is, is now obviously I think yeah. with with Leipzig football. so I guess
2: if there's a player like obviously that you take over and they are good and they want them and like they express like a lot of interest mm-hmm. Would that, that be, be a situation, situation where y'all maybe keep that player? And you would like to say, like, don't sign anywhere, like, just, p- just p- stick p- it
0: out? Potentially. Okay. The, the, the challenge with that sometimes comes in is how do we keep challenging them in our environment and having the family be patient enough to wait until they turn 18 yeah. without without it hurting their development. Oh, know, yeah. No, in in be, full transparency. Tough. you know, Because we, we, what we don't want to do is if someone's 16 and they're going, well, they've already outgrown... Our under nineteens, <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't want to waste two years, so we, yeah. you know, at that point, it's difficult to ask a family or a player to to wait because those yeah, are two yeah. big developmental sure. years for, for that sure. player. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Absolutely. So. Yeah. so
1: my last question is, what are your biggest challenges yep. at Barca Academy?
0: Good, good question, and we probably touched on one right there. Um, I'll, I'll maybe before we get to that one, I'll start from the start and say the first challenge we probably face is that we only start teams at under fifteen, you know, which with the methodology we try and you know implement and with the style of play. Bringing guys in at that age, you know, sometimes if they haven't been in an environment, if they if they're coming from an environment that plays a total different style, it, we have to work with them a little bit yeah. to adjust. You know, and that's where you know our scouting department and trying to f- identify the player profiles that, that are going to fit
1: anywhere. Uh, absolutely, yeah.
0: yeah. We we always be, the fact that we have to build teams from scratch every year at under fifteen is a tough challenge. You know, and, and we'll always try and each year have a core group about under 15s who are actually under 14s mm. you know so that the next year we, we're not starting from absolute scratch we've got right. you know maybe five or six guys that we're then building the core around and it's a constant filter up uh, but our recruitment de- department do a really good job of you know having the finger finger on the pulse of the, the best players around um, the challenge with it often comes in is if they're settled already in a good club by the time they get to U14, U15, you know, you sometimes, you know, we, what we don't want to be is the enemy of everybody, you know, where the best players are maybe coming to us at U14, U15, yeah. and, and people have a resentment towards us. You know, we would always want to try and work with those clubs, you know, to have it be a transparent, you know, communication piece. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't always, it's not as always as easy as that, right? You know, yeah. some people can be protective of players, which we, we, we get and we understand. Uh, because our thing is we always say to, to families and players, is, look, we just want to provide an option for you you know we think we do a good job of developing players and for me competition between clubs can be a good thing because if there's something that i'm not offering that you are then i need to find a solution to what right. what can i do to solve that problem um and i think that goes back to the the second part of your question one of the other challenges would be for the top talent is how do we keep them challenged yeah long enough to maybe have a chance, you know, of, of if it's to go to Europe or if it's to go to Spain. You know, ideally, we'd love to have someone, you know, sign with Barcelona. We know that's a that's a left, uh, a, sure. a, a big goal. Um, but we don't think it's that far off. We think we've had guys that, you know, Caden Clark, Julian Araujo, Brooklyn Reigns. There's been a legitimate interest in those guys. It's just been tough to keep them until they turn it in. So be, the fact that we don't have a professional team internally above us means that the highest level we can go up to is our under-19 MLS next. Is that
2: part of the plans? I, I think
0: it's... Selfishly, yes, but I think it, we would need obviously the funding and, and you know right. someone to come in and, and help back. If, I feel like um, that would make sense for Barca, though. Yeah. But p- potentially, you know, potentially. I think it's something that you know I, there, that would be something probably I wouldn't be a part of those conversations. It would probably be as much as I would push for it and say, yeah, if you want to do it, it would make absolute sense. You know, I would say, you know, in an ideal world, we would have a, a professional team where we could funnel the players to, and then potentially, you know, you could start to get return and investment on your players because right now, all we do is we you know we move them on, we put them yeah. in a the platform, and they, they move on and. You know, then they sign for someone, and then ultimately the, oh, their player. We don't get anything back, which right. you know is is, is fine. But um, you know, in an ideal world for us, it would be. I'm not. My, my personal preference is I'm not focused too much on that side. I'm sure. more focused on for the development of the players yeah. to have them being able to train up with a pro team right. um, would be useful. So what we do right now to try and solve that problem, uh, you know, we did we, we joined a team into the UPSL league. That's more of a trying to bridge a gap just so they get a chance to play against men. You know, yeah. the, the level isn't as high as the professional game, but you do come up against some. some it's good still clubs. a higher speed of play. Yeah, yeah. correct. Um, and and then we also at this time of the year, you know, we, we reach out to clubs and we have a lot of you know connections just through events like this and, and you know talking with people where we and because a lot of our players have signed with USL Championship clubs, um, we've set up like three or four scrimmage games with their teams in preseason. Oh, the so, USL teams. So, yeah. Okay, so for yeah, example, yeah. we have a you know in in February third, we're going to play against Colorado Switchbacks. Um, on February 11th, we're going to go and play El Paso Locomotive. On February 15th, we'll play Detroit City. Uh, in the, of the so all three of those are USL Championship. We're trying to see if we can get something set up against Phoenix Rising because they're in our backyard, you know. And if nothing else, hopefully we can give them a, a good competitive game in preseason where they can, you know, maybe have trialists run through. They can have, you know, guys. It puts them, puts our guys in a shop window where yeah. if they do well. Who knows? We've had guys in the past that have that have been brought in then for two or three week training stints, um, you know, and then sign, you know, so we, we always want to be So sort of, I think last year we had three or four guys sign pro, which is, is brilliant. And then we go into playoffs and three or four of my better players aren't there. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Because because for us, we look you're at doing go, your job. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and we still are then, you know, can put on as long as we put on a good show in playoffs and the boys that are there play well. Great, you know, and and, and for us, we want to win, like everybody. We we go, yeah, we want to win, but as long as the boys are developing and getting where they need to get to mm-hmm. you know ultimately we can look and go yeah well, we're doing our job and i do forget sometimes how spoiled we are oh yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. we, we are you know we, we are very much you know we have the facilities we have the field you know i'm talking to some guys and they thought oh, we've got no fields we've got and i mm. forget how yeah spoiled we are with having you know we have eight grass fields at the facility. six of them floodlit you know so and we rotate the field so we don't spoil them you know yeah, so yeah. And, and i go yeah we we, we are so spoiled because i've been in club environments where you have five teams training on one field, yep. you know, and it's difficult. It's, it's it a is. challenge, but it's but it's the reality of, you know, the space and the fields and the facilities. And, um, you know, the, the boys in our place have these, you know, we certainly say the boys are too spoiled, you know, where they, they, they get stuff handed to them and you go, you haven't earned this yet. You know, yeah. you're, you're, you're going to have to put the work in and the grind in a little bit more. But it, but it is really rewarding when you see these guys, you know, some of them coming from tough backgrounds, some of them coming from affluent families. You know, we, we have a, a bit of a melting pot, of cultures, and it's really interesting sometimes seeing them blend, come together, and yeah. then, you know, the guys that signed pro, you know, we had like Julian Araujo a couple of weeks ago was FaceTiming our current players, you know, to, and, you know, he's a guy that's at LA Galaxy, you know, plays on the Mexican national team, and you know, it still has that connection with the academy, you right. know, oh, and, cool. and, and a lot of the boys that will come back and join training in the off-season, and you know, it's really good for the younger boys to see that, you yeah. know, so, well, look, these guys were here for three or four years, and this is what they're doing now, and that's where I want to be, and, you know, they're not all going to get there, but we can help them along the way a little bit and make them be successful as they can be then you know we're doing our job
1: thousand percent well jed appreciate your time man i appreciate it as well I know Sean. you Thanks, guys people to places to be people to see uh, totally. um but hey it was great to finally meet you in person yep. this was very informative i feel like i know a lot more about Barça academy now um i'm looking forward to coming in the summer and, and doing some summer camps with you guys so um definitely we'll stay in touch and uh And best of luck the rest of the weekend. I
0: appreciate your guys' time as well, and thanks for inviting me on. Absolutely. Top line, Evan, thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you, sir.